Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. What is going on? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the show. Welcome into the Overreaction Sports Podcast. Brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm your host, the voice of the Overreaction Sports Podcast. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at Joe Miller Wired. It's been a minute, fam. It's been a minute. We've got a whole bunch of people jumping into the comment section live on YouTube right now. It has been a minute, and I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit uh, I'm a little bit amped up for this show. I got a lot of content, which is never a good thing. <laughs> so this might be a two-parter. We might have to, uh, we might have to uh, figure out some way to maybe two-part this. Or I'm going to do my best not to talk fast. Anytime I've, I've over-contented myself, Bruce, you can check me. Uh, if over-contented is an actual word or not, I am not sure. But I may have overcontented myself, and if I've overcontented myself, I apologize. But I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best to uh, bring you guys some information, some opinions, some probable overreactions based on what I think and what I feel. But here's what's up: if you're watching me currently live, especially on YouTube, do me a favor, jump on that like button. Uh, as we like to say on Wednesday nights, hump that like, jump the, jump on the like button, get our get our metrics up if you can. Also on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, if you're on Facebook and Twitter, do me a favor, jump over maybe to uh, YouTube and join the community there because the community is just a little bit better uh, on uh, on YouTube. But also, most importantly, subscribe. We're trying to get our sub numbers up before the season starts. We know that the season is going to run like gangbusters, and we want to be promised. But we want to we have a we have a goal. We want to reach a thousand subscribers before the season starts. Uh, so if you could please subscribe if you have not yet already on YouTube, that would be fantastic. But as I said, welcome. I got a lot of I got a lot I got a lot to get to here. Uh, as I said, this is the Overreaction Sports Podcast, brought to you by the Market Dominator. Who is the Market Dominator? You might ask. Well, the Market Dominator is my very good friend John Spascheck. John is a real estate broker uh, with Keller Williams. Keller Williams is the largest real estate brokerage in the entire world, and John is one of the top five to ten real estate brokers, probably in the entire state of New York. Uh, he's crushing it. His team is crushing it. Here's the thing. I say it all the time. If you're looking to buy a house, if you're looking to sell a house right now, especially you, you, the market is hot. You want to maximize the value of your home. You need the right team. That team is John Spazcheck. You can call him on his cell phone. He will answer the number 716-570-3298. That number again, 716-570-3298. You can also reach him on his email, broker at gmail.com. You can also find him on Twitter. He is Bill's Mafia. 
You can find him at your elite broker. So this is what I got going on. I'm excited to have you guys here. And like I always say, like I always say, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee, right? Around a cup of coffee on the drive to work or maybe the drive home from work or at the gym with your AirPods in or who knows, maybe watching me live currently on YouTube. Let me just one more time say welcome and bring you one slight bit of bad news. I have a, uh, what's the word, uh, a miss again with Isaiah Hodgins. Sadly, Isaiah will not be joining me tonight. The first time he was scheduled to join, I had to go out of town for uh, one of my best friends was was very, very ill, and, and I had to cancel that episode, that show, and then we were supposed to schedule tonight. Uh, and then basically what happened was is he ended up having to catch a red, red eye flight uh, out of California. So it just didn't work out. We will get that rate rescheduled. I apologize. Hopefully we'll get him very soon. Uh, but you're stuck with me uh, for this episode of the Overreaction Sports Podcast, and I hope that's okay. Uh, a couple quick notes real quick. Training camp opens July 27th. July 27th, fam. That's like 15 days away, 16 days away, and football officially returns. It will be at One Bills Drive. Remember, the Bills will once again be there and not at St. John Fisher this year due to COVID protocols uh, basically that have been put in place from the league. Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean basically said a couple weeks ago, if you are living under a rock and you did not know this, they said a couple weeks ago that it just was too much for St. John Fisher. They were willing to try to work with the Bills, but it was just too much. They were asking too much. The NFL was asking too much to kind of get St. John Fisher ready. It was just easier to keep everybody home. So that's what they're going to be doing one more time this year. They are, and we have not yet heard, looking into having a couple open practices in the stadium, which I hope they do. That would be amazing, especially because it would give me an opportunity to meet some of y'all. Uh, but uh, it's good to have all you guys in here. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people up in the chat. Uh, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. But uh, speaking of COVID protocols, real quick, and I'm going to rush through this real quick, and I'm not going to get controversial. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Cole Beasley brought a little heat uh, with him into the Twitter when he went on a Twitter rant that literally showed the divide in America as it pertains to this pandemic that we're going through right now. I'm not going to talk about it, uh, but I will say this in regards to context as it pertains to protocols with the NFL. His initial comments, uh, when, when we talk about con context, uh, were towards the NFLPA and a unilater unilateral decision the NFLPA made and basically just agreed to protocols that the NFL had laid down and then told the players, this is what we've agreed to, never talk to him. That made Cole mad. So Cole took to Twitter, and then obviously everything spiraled out of control from there. What's important in this conversation is two things. Number one, the NFLPA did respond to Cole, and they, 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 they told him, uh, basically that what they've done is they've agreed to, or the NFL has agreed to these protocols only happening or taking place up into the end of preseason. So once the season starts, those protocols effectively potentially go away. Now, obviously I don't care about all the other riffraff. I don't care about the trash. I don't care about the, the comments back and forth. I don't care about what side of the divide you're on. What I'm talking about is as it pertains to the protocols and we've seen state, federal governments, like everything, you know, walk this thing back to the point that, even now, whether it's MetLife Stadium in New Jersey uh, or Ralph, well, Highmark Stadium in Buffalo, sorry, uh, they're going to be allowing fans in the stands, vaccinated or not, uh, positive test or not. Everybody's going to be allowed into the stadium. So the question is going to be, because there's been a lot of conversation, we're not really going to talk about it, uh, we probably will soon, about just vaccination levels with teams, competitive advantages, things of that nature. 
And here's the thing. We don't know at this point in time what those protocols are going to be from the NFL. Will there be some? I would reckon, venture to guess, there will be some sort of protocols that the NFL will lay down for the teams. Is it going to be as strict as we see it right now? We just don't know. At the rate that everything's getting walked back, I would probably say not. However, through preseason, through training camp, those protocols are going to remain in place, uh, the same ones from 2020. Uh, so all that to say that this, to wrap up that final conversation, I'm a little bit all over the map. I apologize. Uh, Bill's training camp is going to be at One Bill's Drive. Sorry, Rochester. Hopefully we'll get to see you next year. But uh, yeah, with that, we got a lot of Josh Allen talk. A lot of Josh Allen talk. I had a fantastic, we had a fantastic conversation. My bestie and me, Jay Spence, had a great conversation with Bruce Nolan, who's in the chat uh, on Wednesday on the Humpty Hotline. If you did not catch that conversation, go back right after this and watch it. And then go and listen to Bruce's Thursday podcast as we talked about Josh Allen and basically what the opportunity was or what the real realistic uh, uh, probability was of Josh potentially regressing. And I would say that we all kind of came out of it with the same feeling that it's not highly probable that Josh is going to regress. If he does regress, there's a pro highly probable scenario that when he regresses, it's not going to be a situation where the wheels completely fall off, right? If he regresses it, it's potentially to, due to a couple other things that we'll get into in a second. Uh, but there is a lot of Josh Allen talk. And I'm going to be honest with you. I said it a second ago. I'm here for it. If we, the, the more we can talk about Josh Allen, the more I'm, I just want to talk as much as possible about Josh Allen. Let's talk Josh Allen every day. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to do a podcast every day, but man, this kid is special. And it's just, I, I'm getting, I'm, I can feel the energy, the energy and the excitement and the anticipation for this season is becoming palpable for me. And a lot of that is based around Josh Allen and my excitement for what we're going to see from him in 2021. Now, this is what I want to ask you. And we talked about it on last Wednesday. Do you really understand? Do you, do you fathom for one second, the kind of year that Josh Allen had last year coming off of the year that he had prior in 2019 the jump that this kid took is beyond it's 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 Brett Favre-esque in the sense of Brett Favre's first season in the NFL he played for the Falcons he threw four passes two of them were incomplete two were completed for interceptions and then the next year uh, Brett Favre goes to the Packers and becomes a quarterback and is a stud like that's all I'm not saying that it's exactly the same but Josh Allen's 2019 to 2020 jump was insane it was unheralded it was unprecedented uh, to the point now where people are saying, who's the next Josh Allen? I've got a hint for the NFL and I've got a hint for fan bases around the NFL. There is no next Josh Allen. This is probably never going to happen again. This kid, at least what he did in from 2019 to 2020 was special. And if this kid is who we think he is, and if he, if he ends up being the player we believe he's going to be for the next decade, this is my charge to you, Bill's Mafia. Don't take a moment of it for granted. Don't miss it. Don't take a moment, a single moment of what you're going to watch, not only in 2021, but in 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Take in every single moment, the good, the great, the ugly, the bad. If he has unbelievable plays, soak it in. If he's got meh plays soak it in if he pitches the ball behind his back to keep a play alive soak it in 
don't do what so many of us older Bills fans did, which was basically take those glory years for granted, and they went by so fast. And I'm just telling you right now, as a 48-year-old man who's a Bills fan, been a Bills fan his whole entire life, I'm not going to take a single moment of this for granted. But I want to talk about Josh Allen. And there are questions coming into the chat. And I'll try to get to some questions if we have time in a little bit. I apologize. I love you guys in the comment section. I love you guys in the chat. It's just hard to do a solo podcast made for radio when I got live people listening. So I'm not ignoring you. And the day will come where we'll, we'll, we, we will be able to do super chats and you guys will be able to get my attention, ask an appropriate question. I can bring it up and we can answer it. However, right now, we don't have that capability and I don't have the ability to respond to you. So please just bear with me. You guys can talk all you want in the comments section and I'll get to some questions later if we have time. We're doing pretty good right now. I got through quite a bit, but this is what I want to talk about. I want to do some comparisons. I want to do com some comparisons as we talk about Josh Allen, what he did in 2019, what he did in 2020, how those compare to other quarterbacks of note. And yes, there are some differences, what that potentially means in 2021 or could mean for 2021 for Josh Allen. And then basically I want to give a real quick prediction on what I think is going to happen with the wide receiver battle and who the bills are going to keep. Now I have no inside information. I have no sources. We clearly have a track record of what Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean has done on this roster. I don't necessarily mean that that's going to hold stat or, or hold Pat. And it's going to be remain the same every single time uh, that the Buffalo bills trot out a 53 man roster. So I've got some ideas, but this is what I want to talk about. Josh Allen in 2019 threw for 3,089 yards, 58% completion percentage, 20 touchdowns, nine interceptions. He got sacked 38 times. He had a passer rating of 85.3. And I think all of us would agree that as much as we believe or saw that we felt that he had passed some eye test things and there is no measurable statistic for eye tests, we just saw flashes of what we would consider potential. I would say this, one of the very first preseason games that he played in in 2018 against the Panthers, and I was at that football game, he had a couple throws in that game that were just, I don't want to say other world, but they were pretty phenomenal. That 2018, he had several flash moments. 2019, it continued. However, Josh Allen did a very good job in 19 of beating himself a little bit, uh, beating, the beating his own team a little bit. He, he, he played well, but he didn't play great. Uh, there was a lot of concern going in that. Can he take the next step? Uh, Bruce Nolan and I had a great conversation prior to the 2020 season about plateauing and what plateauing would mean at that point. So if Josh Allen came into 2020 through for 3000 yards, 58 or 59% completions and 19 or 22 touchdowns and had a similar year that that actually potentially could have been what we would consider a step back because he didn't, even though he didn't take a step back, he also didn't take a step forward. And the reality is, is that when you're at that point in your career, if you're not taking steps forward, if you're just plateauing, you're kind of regressing. What's exciting is after 2020 and the season that Josh Allen had, those definitions, those words that we like to use as content creators and whatnot, have a tendency to change a little bit. Same word, a little bit of a different definition. I want to give you this, and I know some of you have heard it and some of you haven't. I just gave you Josh Allen stats in 2019, and I know that you've got rebuttals already, but I want to give you this. Jim Kelly throughout his career averaged 3,224 yards a season. That was his average per season, about 150 yards more than Josh Allen. He had 60% completion percentage through his career, 
21 touchdowns, average per season. His highest was 33. He averaged 16 interceptions a season. His lowest was nine. He finished his career with an average of an 84.4 rating. Another fun name, Brett Favre. Averaged per game throughout his career, 37, uh, not per game, through se- per season throughout his career, 3,780 yards. He had a 61% completion percentage. His highest in his career was his second to last year with the Minnesota Vikings at 68%. He averaged 26 touchdowns per season. His highest was 39, also in that Vikings year. He averaged 16 interceptions a season. His lowest was seven, also in that Viking year. And his career average rating was an 86. John Elway. Let's talk about John Elway for a second. He averaged throughout his career per season, 3,217 yards. 56% uh, completion percentage. His highest was 63. He averaged 19 touchdowns per season. His highest in one season was 27. He averaged 14 interceptions in a se- uh, every season. His lowest was 10. His average passer rating throughout his career was a 79.9. Now, I know what you're going to say. Joe, the game is different now. It's not the same game. You're right. It's not the same game. I can also tell you that there's guys out there like Jeff George that had huge arms. And there's a lot of guys out there that were great players or had seemingly great stats that could never string wins together or it could never amount to being a quarterback that you could potentially rely on. I understand that the the rules are different. Defensive backs can't touch and bury wide receivers like they used to be able to. I understand now that it's a passing league, and I know that the schemes are far more complex and the options and the things that quarterbacks can do. The quarterbacks are different players. Back then, Jim Kelly wasn't 6'5". Brett Favre wasn't 6'5". John Elway wasn't 6'5". Josh Allen is pushing, I believe, 6'6". He's a big old boy. He's also one of the most athletic and talented quarterbacks this league may have ever seen. I get that it's different. I get that it's not apples to apples. It's still the same league. They're still professionals, but I get that it's not the same. However, it's important to note that Allen's numbers in 2019, while not pedestrian, based on the names that I gave you, they also were not fantastic. But this is what we want to talk about. I'm going to bring back to your memory, to your recollection, what his numbers were in 2020. Josh Allen threw for 4,544 yards. In 2020, he went from 58% completion percentage to 69%. He jumped 10 points, which is absolutely insane. He threw for 39 or 37 touchdowns. He had 10 interceptions. His passer rating was 107.2. And I, I, I could be wrong. Somebody can correct me. Chris Janke, Bruce Nolan in the chat. If I'm not mistaken, his QBR jumped 30 points. It was either 20 or 30 points. His QBR jo- jumped, which is absolutely insane. So now we're talking about a totally different quarterback. We're talking about quarterback numbers that got three other players into the Hall of Fame, the Professional Hall of Fame, Football Hall of Fame, two of which have Super Bowl titles. One, The other one, Jim Kelly, went to four Super Bowls. And then you followed up the next year, and what does Josh Allen do? He blows all of those numbers out of the water. The only season that compared to Josh Allen's 2020 was Brett Favre's Viking season. That was the only one. And I think what's incredible about this, and you guys have heard me say this many, many times on this show, on the Humpty Hotline, on guest shows, is I believe that Josh Allen still has a step or two to take. Yes, I'm telling you, he is, I don't want to use the word raw, but I put in my notes, I put the word raw, that Josh Allen is still a little bit raw. And he could get better. There's things that he could do to be better still. 
It's hard to believe that we're even saying that. I'm reminded from last Wednesday from the Hump Day Hotline when we talked about Josh Allen potentially plateauing, which basically means if Josh Allen rolls out in 2021 and throws for 4,500 yards, 69% completion, 37, 38, 39 touchdowns, 10 interceptions with 107 quarterback rating, Bruce Allen elate or Bruce Nolan elatedly said that would be incredible. It absolutely would be incredible if Josh Allen rolls out in 2021 and has a similar season to 2020. Josh Allen is still your quarterback of the future. At, at 2020 numbers, he's still a franchise quarterback. At 2020 numbers, he's still a $40 million quarterback. At, 20, at 2020 numbers, Josh Allen is still going to be a guy that can take you to a Super Bowl and not hurt you and, and, and win one. He's, he's that, he is that guy. At 2020 numbers, he was right there in the conversation with Pat Mahomes. He was right there in the conversation uh, with Aaron Rodgers, who had an unbelievably all-world, like nobody could ever think about it again, year, as far as when you look at just some of his metrics and his stew numbers that, that we see all the time as Bill's Mafia members that Bruce Nolan has kindly brought to us. He's right there in the conversation. He outplayed in 2020, right? A lot of guys. Russ, uh, 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 Russell Wilson and just other guys like that that have been stalwarts in the NFL for years. Great quarterbacks. But I believe, and a lot of other people do too, pardon me, I believe Josh Allen still has a step or two to take. And that's not slamming the kid. That's not be, me being mad at Josh Allen or being angry at Josh Allen or, or trying to say that he's a bad player. It's actually unbelievably exciting to think that this kid is a little bit raw still and has the potential to be better. But we want to talk about two things, but there's two buts, two buts. What if he plateaus? We talked about it a second ago. I, I went into full detail in somewhat of a rant form overreaction form. What if he plateaus? What if he gives us 4,500 yards every season, 69% completion, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions with 107 like quarterback rating and 85 QBR, whatever QBR, QBR was, it was stupid. It was high. I'd say that he's probably setting his floor. Well, what does that mean? What's his floor? His floor means is the average year you're going to get from Josh Allen. What can we tip? If you're a fantasy player, you basically, uh, you project, right, based off of what a player, Devontae Adams, has done the last couple of years, what he's going to do in 2021. Je uh, Devontae Adams has a floor. He has a mean. You have an idea of what he's going to give you, how many catches, how many yards, how many touchdowns, yada, yada, yada. That's a floor. If Josh Allen has a, has a plateau season in 2021, all of us would probably agree, especially the content creators, that he's setting his floor, that this is the – unless the wheels come off, he's injured, he's got a serious problem – uh, he has a new offensive coordinator and they're not on the same page and they don't have the weapons. And, you know, dare I say, I've talked about it a lot, maybe a coordinator that's trying to force a system on a bunch of guys that like aren't ready to play that system, which we've seen Dable do even in 2020. I'm not saying that Dable's going to do that. I'm just saying hypothetically speaking down the road when Dable becomes a head coach, because he's going to be. If Josh regresses that way, that's going to be different. But outside of that, plateauing, setting his floor means this is who we're going to get. And I'm going to tell you this, it's going to be pretty exciting. Would you take 2020 Josh Allen forever? Answer, ask yourself that question. Would I take Josh, uh, 2020 Josh Allen forever? Would I take 2020 Josh Allen for, yes. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> and twice on Sunday. Wait, they play on Sunday. Yes, I'll take 2020 Josh Allen forever. But then what if what if he does have the ability to potentially take another step, become an even better quarterback than he already is? Is that is that possible? It's possible. What if he regresses? So let's talk about the other but. But what if he regresses? And I'm surprisingly getting through my content relatively relatively quickly, which I like. So that's good. So I should be able to get through most of this stuff. There's two types. In my opinion, there's probably more, but for Josh Allen this season, there's going to be two types of regression. And I'm sure that there's variations in between all over the place, but we're going to talk about on this show right now, and you're going to listen to me or you can turn it off. Two types of regression, one being statistical regression where concepts change or offensive philosophies change, or maybe hypothetically speaking, the run game in 2021 becomes dominant and the Buffalo Bills potentially don't have to throw as much. Yay for not as fun to watch football. But what does that mean? What does it mean if Josh Allen's numbers in 2021 go down? So he throws for, instead of throwing for 4,500, he throws for 4,000 and I don't even know, 4,050 yards. Maybe he's in that 71% completion percentage. You know, he's thrown for 31 touchdowns or 28 touchdowns. He's got, you know, fewer interceptions because basically let's, let's, you know, if they're running the ball and they're being effective, they don't need it. What does that mean? What does it mean if the run game becomes super dominant and the Buffalo Bills become a ground and you know ground and pound team that take advantage of you much much in the way we've seen the Patriots do? The Patriots have done a very good job year to year while Tom Brady was there of changing philosophies and keeping defenses off balance, not only game to game, but year to year. You never know what you're going to get season to season. There's been times that the Patriots have literally punched people in the face with the run game. Does that mean that Tom Brady all of a sudden was a bad quarterback? So if the Bills find success, dominating great success somehow with something other than Josh Allen's arm in this season, and they don't need it, does that mean that Josh Allen like is regressing? Like, what does it mean? I would tell you nothing. It means nothing. The Buffalo Bills win 13 games this season, and Josh Allen's numbers dip a little bit. Who cares? As long as he's not hurting the football team, as long as his numbers don't look like 4,000 yards and 23 interceptions or 30 interceptions, who cares? There's a point for the mafia. There's a point for us as Bills fans, and I am the king of the overreactors. That's what my show is called, the Overreaction Sports Podcast. There's a point for us where we have to not take every single throw and scrutinize every single moment that Josh Allen has or any player on this football team. This is a good football team. Do they have problems? Yes. Are they going to have issues through the season? Yes. Are they going to have to work through stuff? Yes. Are they going to have to practice and get better? Yes. But at some point in time, the result is more important than how you got there, right? The W is more important than what our stats look like. So what does it mean if his stats drop and the team is winning? Nothing. However, there is a second part to that regression word, which is the wheels completely coming off. Which we as Bill's Mafia have seen. (laughs) We have seen it happen. Whether you want to talk about 
high moments and high points with JP guys like JP Lossman, who at times flashed with Lee Evans and looked fantastic or Trent Edwards when he came out of the gates hot at like four and oh or whatever it was. And then he got destroyed by the by Adrian Peterson from the Cardinals. Right. And never looked the same again. Or what about Ryan Fitzpatrick? We all love Ryan Fitzpatrick came out hot. They gave him what it was a 54 or 64 million dollar contract. And then. Right. Gone. What if the wheels come off from a regression standpoint, a la Carson Wentz or some other quarterbacks who got signed after one good, great statistical year, Jared Goff? Well, Bills Mafia, I would tell you at that point in time, we need to worry. If Josh Allen comes out in 2021 and looks lost, literally, if, if, if 2020 to 2021 looks like Nathan Peterman preseason to regular season, we're in trouble. Did you hear what I just said? If Josh Allen looks from 2020 to 2021, like Nathan Peterman, do you remember Nathan Peterman preseason? All of us were like, I don't know who this kid is, but put him in the game. This kid can play. They put him in the game and the dude like lost his mind. Like totally lost his mind. So if Josh Allen's 2020 to 21 looks like Nathan Peterman's preseason to regular season, it's panic button time. And it wouldn't surprise me if you see Mitchell Trubisky once in a while in football games, a la Ryan Fitzpatrick behind Tua coming in to save the day, save our bacon. God, I hope that doesn't happen. Please, Lord, don't let that happen. I, I, I sit here, though, even when I when I comprehend or think about that scenario, and it just seems highly improbable, highly unlikely. There's just It just doesn't seem like there's any way that that is even possible. That the wheels could come off that bad. And I'm saying that as a Bills fan where we have watched the wheels come off. Whether it was like mid-game, first half to second half, through the season, we've watched the Buffalo Bills defined the phrase the wheels have come off. The buff this franchise has defined it. The wheels the buff you look up the wheels have come off or you Google it and you'll probably see a picture of the Buffalo Bills over the last 20 years. They've defined that phrase. I just don't, I just don't see it. I don't see, I don't see that as part of our description in our Wikipedia page any longer. Seems highly improbable. When you watch Josh Allen play, when you watch this kid play, when you hear the breakdowns of his game, when you hear guys like Greg Thompson, Bruce Nolan, you know, Eric Turner, when you hear these guys, the smart guys, the guys that know football way better than I know football, they're talking about Josh Allen running offenses that are nothing compared to the offenses that Carson Wentz runs or the offenses that Jared Goff runs or the offenses where they've got training wheels on for these quarterbacks, Mitch Trubisky, the, the offenses that they run. Josh Allen is running complex offenses and he's also we've seen the videos this week he works seemingly harder than any quarterback maybe aside from Tom Brady that we've ever seen the kid doesn't stop except for an occasional trip to Mexico where he's drinking margaritas and I can't blame him he's got a beautiful girlfriend if, if I was a professional athlete and I had the money that Josh Allen had from basically March to sometime around now I'd be in Mexico but that kid's not, he's grinding. He is a grinder and he is going, he's got, 
you wonder, and this is sidebar, you wonder how long the I've got something to prove is going to last. And we saw how long it lasted with a guy like Thurman Thomas. We've seen guys with chips on their shoulders carry that through an entire season. This kid is special. I'm here for it. I'm not going to waste a single minute. I'm going to take it all in, even the losses. I'm going to take all the losses in. I'm going to enjoy everything that I see. I would suggest that you do too. So this is what we're going to talk about. And if you guys want to just start blowing up the uh, the comment section with Josh Allen 2021 predictions, keeping in mind that there is a 17th game in 2021. <laughs> Bruce Nolan, <laughs> nobody loses the wheels like the Buffalo Bills. That's good, bro. <laughs> good to see you, Jeff King. Good to see all the people in the chat. Richard Rush, Chris Janky, the real Chris Janky. McNizzle, love that name. Throw in the chat right now what you guys think. Uh, give me some Josh Allen predictions. 2021 season predictions as far as uh, his numbers. One extra game. One extra game in 2021. This is his, this is big. And I'm one of the guys that coming off of 19 wanted Dable gone. This is his fourth year with Brian Dable. Fourth season with Brian Dable. And he has only had, Josh Allen has only had one offensive coordinator his entire NFL career. That is pretty much unheard of for a young quarterback in the NFL. And believe me, it has mattered. As much as a lot of us, I'm not saying how much of the fan base in 2019, but there was a good chunk of us. I'm on, look, I'm not afraid to admit I was wrong. I didn't want Josh Allen. I wanted Josh Rosen. I, you know, Josh Allen was a three-year project. I didn't want to wait three years. I wanted to win now. We drafted Josh Allen. It was what it was. What it was. He leaps over, uh, was it Matt Barr from the Vikings, and then does the Superman over the pylon, I'm and I'm a Josh Allen fan, and then, like, the rest is history, right? I 2019, I felt that, I felt that Dable got cute too often. I felt that he outcoached himself. Hey, the Browns have a horrible run defense. Well, we're going to throw the ball. Like, why would you do that? And you lose the football game. But if this, is, this is the point. This is the moment. Rubber meets the road. It has mattered that Brian Dable has been with Josh Allen for four years. It has absolutely 1,000% mattered. Spin 0481 says 5,100 uh, yards, 57 combined touchdowns, nine interceptions. Anthony Barr. Thank you, Chris. Anthony's my dude. I'm just going to make your producer. I'm going to like literally give you credentials and you can sit in here with me. And like, if I could get you to talk in my ear, <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs> Richard Rush says 4,900 plus yards, 40 touchdowns, 72% completions. Dale sure family. What's up fam? 4,800 yards, 40 touchdown passes. This is what I got. I've got Josh Allen, 17 games, 17 game season, barring no injuries. In 2020, I'm going to give you this first. He averaged 284 yards per game, 284. Now, I'm not saying that it's unheralded or unheard of, but it's highly, it's difficult to average throughout an entire game, 300 yards per game. So I put 15 yards per game on him to put him at 299. So my my prediction for Josh Allen is 5,083 yards in a 17-game season. I also have him at 72% completions. 41 passing touchdowns, 12 interceptions with 105 quarterback rating. So I've got a little bit of a mix in there. I've got some growth. I've got some plateauing. And I've got a little bit of statistical re uh, re regression just because I think that, you know, they're going to find or defenses are going to find ways to 
you know, not stop him, but give him a little bit of a headache once in a while. But those are what I have. I would love for those of you that are on Twitter, even uh, after you listen to this podcast, after it drops on Buffalo Rumblings tomorrow, uh, tweet me. Let me know what you think Josh Allen's uh, stats are going to be for 2021. I'll retweet them as I get them. Uh, Jason Hawkins says uh, 2021 stats, 4,600 yards, 36 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. The running game will be better. That's what he's banking that on. So that would be a regression based on statistical uh, performance by the offense or a scheme change. Jason Taylor uh, says 4,500 yards passing, 31 touchdowns, six rushing TDs, 11 interceptions. Right? By the way, I'm drinking, uh, I've got a little three-quart bourbon mixer. My wife got me three-quart bourbon for Father's Day, uh, and it's quite good. Quite good. Quite good. So if you're, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're a bourbon fan or a whiskey fan, but uh, if you haven't tried three-quart bourbon yet, go out and get it. 17 games, 17 game season, 5,083 yards, 72% completion percentage, uh, 41 touchdowns, passing only. He could very well break 50 if he got nine, nine rushing touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 105 rating. That's what I got. Now, we've got a couple minutes left. It's what? Uh, we're about 40 minutes into the show. I'm not going to keep you super long, which is good. I'll take some questions here in a minute if there are any. Wide receiver predictions, and this is where it gets sticky. And I've got a problem because I'm a big fan of Isaiah Hodgins, a player I've never even seen play football before. (laughs) Isaiah Hodgins right now is, without a shadow of a doubt, the most anticipated Buffalo Bill probably to take the field this preseason. Can you think of anybody more that you – I know the, the, the easy answers are, oh, can't wait to see Groot. Oh, can't wait to see Boogie Basham. That's great that you guys are saying that because they're they're draft picks, one and two. But the reality is, is after the hype we heard last season before Isaiah got hurt, that he was picking it up even faster than Gabe Davis was. And then it was like, yeah, but can he really carry that into like 2020? And then he comes into this year's OTAs and minicamp, and the same information comes out. Josh Allen has incredible comments to talk about the kid. Not that he would say anything bad necessarily, but I'm excited, and I think that most of Bill's Mafia is excited about this kid as well, and I can't wait to see him on a football field in a uniform. Look, I can't wait to see him in a, in a preseason game just to see what this kid brings to the table. He's got the numbers. He's got the stats. I have them because they're, they're in another set of notes because I had him set up for my potential interview with him. But his numbers at Oregon were great. He was not a slouch, and he was projected to go three to fifth. The Bills stole him at six. Do not sleep on Isaiah Hodgins. Wide receiver predictions. Wide receiver predictions. And somebody just asked, Spin just asked, he's also interested in the kick punt return competition, which I am as well. Hodgins won't play a part in that. However, I do have some caveats in there. And I'm going to give you some yard predictions. So I already told you what Josh Allen's yards were that I thought, right? 5,083. This is who I have making the team from a wide receiver standpoint. Stephon Diggs, obviously. Emmanuel Sanders. And I'll be honest with you, I teetered on Sanders. Because I think this wide receiver group is deep enough and young enough that Sanders is potentially cut material, except for the fact that his contract is not cuttable. It saves them $0 to cut him. So the only reason they're cutting Emmanuel Sanders is because they really want somebody else on this roster, probably not a wide receiver. They're going to keep six, and they want somebody else. So they're going to cut Sanders, and basically they're just going to take that cap on the chin. But I've got Stephon Diggs. I've got Emmanuel Sanders making this roster. Obviously, Cole Beasley is going to make this roster. Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie because of punt returns. I've got Isaiah Hodgins making this roster as a wide receiver only. 
and I've got Marcus Stevenson making this roster as a kick returner. And I think the Bills are going to potentially hope that at some point in time, probably 2022, he can be both, which would allow them to move on from Isaiah McKenzie. So I've got the Bills keeping seven wide receivers. Diggs, Sanders, Beasley, Davis. McKenzie is a punt returner. Hodgins, Stevenson is a kick returner. This is how I have their yards broken down for the season. And I've got, for some of them, most of them, I've got both. Stephon Diggs in 2020 had 1,535 uh, receiving yards. I think that number comes down a little bit in 2021, probably about 1,387. Emmanuel Sanders last year had, with Drew Brees, 726 yards receiving. I think with Josh, he's going to get about 650. And the reason that I think he's going to get 650 is because I think the Bills are going to be very, what's the word, pointed, very direct, very intentional about Cole, getting Cole Beasley his 1,000 yards. Cole had 690 or 967, I'm sorry, in 2020. I think he gets over 1,000 this season. I think he's at 1,008 this year. Gabriel Davis had 599. I think he's pushing that 1,000-yard mark at about 945. Isaiah McKenzie had 282 yards last year. I think he's in at about 205. Again, I think his role is going to shift. Isaiah Hodgins, I think, is going to be the surprise. I think you're going to see a lot of activity from Isaiah in four-man sets, five wide sets. I think Isaiah Hodgins is in for about 549 yards, and I think Stevenson is the guy uh, as a kick returner that's going to see just about 78 yards, nothing crazy. That puts Josh Allen to the wide receivers at 4,617 yards, just to his wide receivers. Let's keep in mind, this offense is not a screen offense. This offense is not a huge tight end offense. They are a traditional pass it to your wide receivers offense. I see Josh Allen bulk of the yards, 46-17 going to his wide receivers, leaving a balance at my number of 466 going to tight ends and backs. I don't know if you agree with that. Frankly, I would love to know what you guys think, but that is legit all the content that I have for this show. So with that being said, if there are any questions, because we've got a little bit of time left, I'd love to take some questions from you guys. Charlotte Zwinger, welcome to the show, says uh, 5,300 yards from Josh Allen, 47 passing touchdowns, 785 rushing yards. Wow. With five rushing touchdowns, 121 rating. Man, if, if that's the case, MVP. Josh Allen is your, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Allen is your 2021 MVP, and the Bills are probably winning the Super Bowl if that is at, uh, or if, if that is where he comes in at. But, uh, Lottie Dottie, what's going on? So Beasley, so Richard Rush says Beasley would have to get a thousand if Barkley could throw, uh, or could have gotten, sorry, would have gotten a thousand years if Barkley could throw uh, more than <laughs> throw more than uh, the deep ball. It's true, unfortunately. Krishenki says I think uh, Isaiah McKenzie, McKenzie handles punts and kicks, and Stevenson doesn't make the fifty-three prime practice squad material guy though. It is possible. I think for me. I kept him on the roster because I have a fear that the Bills could potentially lose him. The Bills are in a position all over this roster where they're going to be cutting guys that are going to be starters on other football teams. Isaiah McKenzie is one of those guys. If the Bills cut Isaiah McKenzie, he's going to start on another football team. Not a wide receiver one, not a wide receiver two, but he's going to be a three or four on another team. There's probably four, five, six teams that he's going to be a wide receiver three or four on. Stevenson is one of those guys that went late. The Bills got him late, right? So my fear is that I don't know that they'll be able to stash him necessarily on uh, the, uh, the the practice squad. So uh, da, 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 looking for questions in the chat section. AK Cash says, I like Hodgins, but until I see him in a preseason game, it might as well be Des Lewis. I'm not disagreeing with you, 
not dis- disagreeing at all. <laughs> Jeff King says, a wife who will buy you bourbon for Father's Day. Hang on to her. It's been 20 years, my man. Beth and I have been together for 20 years. And uh, yes, we're never, we, we should, the, the two shall never, what God has joined together, let not man put asunder. With the two, the two shall never part. She's special, my lady. My lady is special. So, yeah. Uh, see a lot of people interested in the uh, the kick and punt return situation. And the question, the other question that we haven't talked about is, is there somebody else potentially that's not a wide receiver that could potentially handle those duties? I don't know. Richard Rush asks, question, have you and Hodgins set another time for an interview or is it too soon? We have not yet. So we have not linked up yet. Uh, it just didn't work out tonight. We will very soon. Uh, obviously the closer we get to training camp, the more difficult it's going to be, uh, cause he's going to be a busy young man for sure. Uh, da, 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 da. doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of questions out there, but, uh, I do want to just say this. I appreciate all you guys. Appreciate all you guys. I appreciate all the listeners. I appreciate all the encouragement. I appreciate everybody that reached out to me. Uh, when, uh, a member of Bill's mafia passed a couple weeks ago, my buddy, one of my best friends, Marty Pluth, uh, Marty was, uh, from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, he became a Buffalo bills fan. I can already feel like I'm getting misty already. Marty became a Buffalo bills fan during the heyday of the nineties. One of his best friends, uh, was a bills fan and, uh, converted him. And that's not an unheard of story. I actually converted several of my friends in Florida to being bills fans. When I went to high school in Florida during the heyday in the nineties. And, uh, Marty was a great man. He was a wonderful friend. Um, I'm going to miss him dearly, but, uh, I appreciate everybody that reached out to me and uh, gave me condolences Said that they were praying for me and praying for his family. Keep praying for his wife, Melissa, uh, as she has, you know, a lot in front of her. She's a wonderful woman. She's also a very dear friend of mine. Uh, and I love her, uh, with all of my heart as well, but I do appreciate everybody, uh, that supports this show. I appreciate you guys that listen. I appreciate you guys that shout me out and tweet tweet me out. I appreciate all of you that tell people about this podcast and tell people about this YouTube show. Again, if you have not yet subscribed uh, to the YouTube channel for Buffalo Rumblings, please subscribe. Couple quick things, uh, just as you guys know. Uh, Jay Spence and I are trying to start a radio station, uh, not to compete with rumblings or anything like that. It's not podcast based. It legit is a full functioning radio station, uh, called overreaction sports, the overreaction sports radio Buffalo. Uh, we're having a little bit of trouble, uh, as, as you can imagine when you're talking about hiring people, it takes a lot of money to do something like that. We're talking with investors. It's, it's a challenge. (laughs) It's, it's an uphill climb. Uh, we're, we're toying with the idea of potentially starting a Patreon account with some extra kind of like special uh content to get to begin like that subscriber base and to begin kind of providing that content maybe doing more live shows off the cuff uh not based around when uh you know these shows are we will never wane on our commitment to rumblings both spence and i love rumblings we love matt we love anthony we love bruce we love all the rumblings guys like the, the rumblings is family uh, but be on the lookout for some things that might be coming up soon from Spence and I, just as far as some, just some extra content, uh, just some things that we want to do something. I don't know. Just, we just got some ideas and we want to uh, see if we can keep growing this thing, but uh, I appreciate everybody. Uh, once again, you have been listening to, I'm going to let you guys go. Uh, I have no real way to end this show, so I'm just going to end it. Uh, you guys have been listening to the overreaction sports podcast brought to you by the market dominator on the Buffalo rumblings podcast network. I'm your host, I am the voice of the Overreaction Sports Podcast. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And here's the thing. 
I have this one guarantee. If you follow me on Twitter, I will follow you back and I will not unfollow you unless you tweet porn. So do me a favor. If you're on Twitter, if you have not yet followed me, jump on there. Do me a favor. Follow me. I'll follow you back. I appreciate all you guys. Until next time, my name is Joe Miller, and we'll see you on Wednesday for the Hump Day Hotline. Love y'all. Peace out and go Bills.